how to define what Olam Haba is. And we spoke about the differences, about how we understand the concept of Olam Haba as compared to how other religions, so to speak, took over and uh, kind of minimized or reduced the level or the greatness of what Olam Haba already is. Okay, so that's what Olam Haba is. Now we talk about the next point. And the next thing is, what does a person need to do to get Olam Haba? What does the person need to do in order to deserve Olam Haba? So it's interesting because over here, the, as opposed to, so to speak, the Chacham being the one to introduce the topic, over here it's put in the sense the king is going to be the one, the Kuzari, the king, is going to be the one to introduce the topic. And he does it in a very roundabout way. The reason for that being, obviously previously, is that Rabbi Levi, who wrote the Sefer, couldn't openly attack Christianity, which was the religion of the country he was in. So, therefore, he puts it into the king's mouth and into the Chacham's mouth. And what does the king say? So, this is a bit of Hakdama. You'll remember that the king had already met three different candidates before he met the Chacham. He, he had met the philosopher, he had met the, what he calls the, the Pharisees, which is the Christian, and he had met the Muslim, the Ishmaeli. So, it says, we have something by Sif Kuf Yud, and he says like this, Amir Akuzari, Kamuhu Rachik Minadas. It's very distant from a person's ability to understand. It doesn't make sense that a person will be completely destroyed. will be destroyed from his nature. And his body and his nefesh will disappear or disintegrate. The only thing he understands here, he said, understand what the philosopher said at the beginning. That he can understand, but any other any other explanation doesn't make sense to him. What did the philosopher say? So let's remind ourselves what right at the beginning of the sefer. What did the philosopher say? The philosopher said like this. The philosopher said that Be'atim, this physical world is a is something which is transient, something which is uh, on a very low and menial and uh, physical level. And the matter of the philosopher is he's able to prime his vast and use his mind, and therefore, with the ability of his intellect, he's able to rise above the limitations of this world. Because the intellect, the pure intellect, is something which is not bound by and not connected to this world, and therefore, the idea of philosophy is to connect to the level of the intellect and not the level of the body. I'll read you the words again. That's all he talks about. The philosophy is not a maimin. He says the point of life is to develop seichel. A man's advantage is his mind, and a person can prime his mind. But then he goes a step more than that. And he says a mind, the mind is something which is abstract, it's, it's metaphysical. And therefore, even if a person's physical body is part of a physical world which has no, no long-term survival, but a person's mind is something which, if he's, his seichel is his, his mind, is something which isn't, isn't limited. And therefore, can live beyond his body. In the words of the philosopher right at the beginning of the Sefer, he says, He says, Everything a person has are kalim tools for the Sefer of to use his mind. And he says, Skip the middle line. Coming to the ability of using his mind, is the end point that a person can reach. After he's resolved all the philosophical questions he has, and he's understood all the chachmas, and therefore, 
It becomes like an abstract intelligence, which he calls Malach. And he can detach from his body. A person's only uh, intellect is not, doesn't connect to his body. He's like an angel. Another, some, how do they define angels? Some completely intellectual, non physical being. What he says. It's a seichel, an intellect, detached from the chaymer, from a physical body. And therefore, v'tashuv nefesh ha'adam ha'shalim v'seichel ahu ha'poyel davar echad. A person's nefesh becomes one with that intelligence. La'yachosh le'kilyan negufay v'var. And therefore, it doesn't affect him the fact that his body or his organs will disappear, will get destroyed because they're physical. V'amifnei she'shavhu v'oisit davar echad. Because he it connects to his seichel, and the seichel is some abstract like concept which a person can also reach, and then he doesn't need his body anymore. This is the idea of nitzchis in the terms of philosophy. Says the Kuzari, I can understand that. I understand that a person can, so to speak, at least on the level of his mind, connect to a, a non-physical level of existence, a level of reality, and on that level, he can detach from the physical body. He said, at level of Intellect only. Is that I can understand? I can't understand anything else. Why? Because the other religions, because Anshia Taurus, the other religions, what they said is, he'll come back to live, you know, in the physical stance, in the pleasantness of the physical life. So that I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to him how a person who, so to speak, will relive a physical life. But more than that, just before, the, as a result of saying one word. A person can say one word, and because of that, he can be zaykhah for an afterlife. It could be the only thing he ever did, was said the one word he's meant to say. And that's going to entitle him to some kind of, of afterlife. And he also, he might even not, not know what that word means. So, one second. So good. Just just saying something which you don't understand, and then that we, we disregard everything else you did in your life. That's the reason to get chayinet. Uh, that's the reason to get eternity. It doesn't make any sense, to right? In other words, the philosopher had to work hard. He had to detach himself from the physical and make himself into a more intellectual spiritual, well, let's call it spiritual, but intellectual uh, being. They can understand. A person can live in the le- in the level of his intellect, but it's, it's, it's hard work to get there. A person has to achieve something. Whereas if you're going to say a religion, which all it requires you is agree to say something, whatever it's going to be, and that, that, that well done. You said the magic words, you're now entitled to an afterlife, regardless of whether you understood them or not, regardless of what else you did with your life, says the, the king, that makes no sense to me. He says, How can it be that just saying something is going to transform a person from an animal into a malach? In other words, something which is completely physical and could be involved in any kind of uh, taiva, like an animal, is something spiritual. It doesn't make sense to him. And, a person doesn't say that word, he remains an animal. Even if he's a good person, he spends his life doing good, doing good things, he spends his life working on his mind, like a philosopher, that's what he still respects. Right? And because he didn't say whatever word it was, so he, not, he doesn't deserve eternity. And what's the king attacking? Obviously, Baalton is attacking Christianity, right? He calls it Hamila Ahi, but the emphasis, like we said before, and we spoke about what the Christian said, 
Right? Christian dogma is that if a person accepts Yashka, he deserves heaven. Regardless of what he's done. Because part of their belief is that uh, Yashka will mechafer all the various things they did in their lifetime. As long as they accept him, they deserve, they deserve reward. Which, which means, to, to believe in it, which means that a person can live his life however badly he wants. He can do any of he wants. He can live like an animal, in the words of the Qazari. Right? But because he said that he accepts Yashka, so now he deserves Shemayim. Whereas a person who works hard and, and tries to do good and whatever it is, but if he doesn't accept it, no. it doesn't make, it says there's no logic in that. There's no logic that you can explain why that's the reason to get Shemayim. In other words, the philosophers aren't given to understood over here. A person has to work to get to that level, and if a person works, he'll get there. But if it's just the hocus pocus, I say this and I deserve it, why is it a reason? Let's make it more graphic. Let's make it more graphic. What this means, the atom, if you're going to take the, the Christian idea to its extreme, to push the idea, which is what they'll have to hold, because this is the basis of the religion, right, is that you could have a Nazi mass murderer, but if he's a Christian, he gets Shemayim, because he accepted Yashka. Oh, he killed thousands of children in cold blood? No one cares. He, he accepted Yashka, he gets Shemayim. And all the victims who did nothing wrong within their lives, they didn't accept Yashka, so they don't get it. Where's the justice in that? Where's the right and wrong? Where's the system which a person has to do something to deserve? That doesn't make sense, but that's exactly what the king's asking. And like I said, that, that's why the Rebbe Levi obviously had to put this into the words of the king, not the words of the Chacham, but it's quite clear what he said. So how's the Chacham going to respond to that? They, they two points. He, he says, I understand the philosopher's point of view. And that is, if a person works in developing his mind and therefore transforms himself from, let's say, a person with more of a physical desires and, uh, and instincts into something which is more intellectual and more ruchni, so I understand why that's something which deserves an intellectual, so to speak, level of, of, or a detachment, the physical level of what Ayla is. But I don't understand the Christian idea. Okay, fair enough. The Chacham wants to argue with that also. He wants to agree with what the king said about that, that, that Christianity is not a reason, doesn't make sense, but he doesn't, want, he doesn't like the agreement with the idea of the philosopher. And here's we have to see an important point in Rashkafa. Amr HaChaveh We don't deny a person the reward for his actions from whatever nation he is. And this is, there's two, in this one now he's answered both questions, two big Yisraelis in Yishkat. The first one is, reward and punishment isn't limited to Klai Reward and punishment isn't limited to Klai And therefore, as opposed to every other religion, that if you accept a religion, you deserve reward, and if you don't, you don't. There's no reward, as good as, whatever else you've done right, but if you aren't accepting a religion, you get nothing. The Chacham says it's nothing to do with that. From every, every person gets judged for the good and the bad he did, regardless of which religion he is. And as a person might, have, having not accepted Hashem, he get punished for that. But if he did other things wrong, he'll get punished for them too. And if he did other things which are good, there'll be a reward for that. If he does, if, if he does it for the right reason, obviously, like the Rambam says. But it's possible. You don't have to be Jewish to get reward. And this we know. This we know that uh, the Gemara says already that there's reward for non-Jews who were tzedek, or the Gemara calls tzedek or there, there was a reward for non Jews as well. We don't you, don't have you have to do not believe in Avodah You don't have to accept Yiddish Kaya. <coughs> so we also said you have to accept Hashem. Okay, but that's not, re- again, that's not the reason for reward. If a person does whatever mice it is, because Hashem told him to do, even if he's not a Jew, he'll get rewarded. Like the Ram says, right? 
If a person does a shumus with a noach, because that's what Hashem wants non-Jews to do, so get reward for that. And if a non-Jew does more chesed, he'll get more reward. If a non-Jew does less chesed, he'll get less reward. Meisim are rewarded if they're done for the right reason, regardless of a person's religion. That's the first point. But the second point, and this is this is the of what how the Chacham worded his line, is gemul meisim. And this is the argument of the philosophers. The philosopher held, the Chacham said it before, but he's he's saying it again now. The Chacham, the philosopher holds that the point of life is to detach from this world and go into a level of everything is understanding, everything is pure intellect. They see that as being the, the end result also, that a person becomes detached from this world and becomes completely intellectual, and that's what they call Shemaim. And the Chacham says that's not the way to get Shemaim. That's not the way to get Shemaim. On the contrary, the way to get a reward is Maisim. And this is the Gemara. The Gemara says, have a, person, a person who wants to say just Torah and not no, no mitzvahs, a person who only wants to learn and not do mitzvahs, it's better you've never been born. Says the Gon, to explain that Gemara, that if what HaKadosh Baruch wanted from a person is just to develop his mind, so to speak, and learn Torah, he didn't have to come to this world. If that's the case, he could have stayed in Shemaim. So there's no reason for him to be born. The Malach already taught him the whole Torah in the womb. If that's the case, let him die there. He's done it. He's learned the whole Torah. There's no reason to come here. The reason to be born is to do Mason. Yes, it doesn't mean that Lema Torah isn't also a Mason Mitzvah, but the reason to come here is to do Mason. And therefore, the reward is the Fimaisov. And this is also the first Gemara. The famous Gemara, when Rafanaya bin Trajan, right, who was teaching Torah Barabim. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yesi bin Kismu called him in, and he said, I heard you teaching Torah Barabim. I'm warning you that you're going to get killed for that. The Romans aren't allowing people to teach Torah Barabim. Right? Don't rely on the nest. So Hanani bin Trajan asks him, he says, tell me something. Mani la khayel Will I get out of my bodies? So Yosef bin Kislo answers him, and he says, Klum maisib bali yotcha. What maisib have you done? And everyone asks the shayla. He's teaching Torah. I'm serious, nefesh. Why isn't that enough? Why does he ask him, what maisib did you do? Why isn't the fact he's teaching Torah at the risk of his life enough to deserve out of my body? Okay, there are lots of answers. But the Yesoids, and that is, he didn't ask him how much do you learn. That's also for sure a factor. But there also, there also has to be a Hisyachsus to Maisim. Kulu Maisim Baliyarcha, which Maisim have you done? It doesn't mean again, there's a reward for learning Torah, and the reward for learning Torah is probably more than everything else. But, as long as the person is doing other mitzvahs also. Like the Gemara said, it can't be just Torah. If a person is learning Torah and not doing mitzvahs, so then there's no reason to come here. If a person's learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, then of course, there's a reward for everything. And the Torah is the biggest mitzvah, but uh, there needs to be a person doing mitzvahs also. How many mitzvahs in order to make his Torah? Therefore, what the, the, the Chacham says then is that the Gemul is, is the reward for Maisim Tovim. Exactly the opposite of what the philosopher says. The philosopher says is that Nitzchias is from a person detached from this world because Maisim are meaningless and he can just go into some kind of abstract level of thought. And for that, oh, now he's holding in a spiritual plane or a non-physical plane. It comes exactly the opposite. The, the, the reward is for the Maisim the person does. And again, I'm not saying Talmud Torah isn't a Maisim. But I'm saying the reward for it is because it's a Maisim. It's a Maisim Mitzvah. It's one of the Mitzvah you have to do. It's not the fact that the person detaches himself from this world. Is that a person, the maizim he does is what deserves reward. Why? Why is it like that? Why is it like that? So, there's a lot of depth here, but just saying, explain, encapsulate in a few words 
the difference in starting point between the way the philosopher understands and the Chacham understands, and we may understand why there's this big enough community between them also. And that is, the, Chacham, the philosopher understands the person starts here. He's a physical being with an with a intellectual mind and a physical body, and uh, the physical body grows him to whatever physical pursuits it wants and its limitations it wants. And the mind is something which a person can work on and develop and deta- use it, so to speak, to detach from his physical side. And therefore, a person develops his mind and he becomes more of a chacham and he knows more and he can think more and whatever it is or work more with what he thinks. Wow, that's unbelievable. That's what he sees as a mind. But us, we don't talk about the chacham. We talk about the neshama. A person's a, a mixture of a neshama and a body. And the neshama came from Shemaim. So there's no big chachma to say, well, we're going to refocus on the Shema and ignore our body. It came from there. It started off in Shemaim. It came down here to do a job. And if that's the case, the job is to attack in the body. And the job is to attack in the world. And therefore, we're going to say, well, we're going to do this world. We're just going to focus on the Shema. You're not doing more than it was before. It wasn't a high level before it came here. It came here to, to be ma'or and to, to be ma'or, what, what it can do here. And therefore, Adarabah. The reward is that we don't just detach from our body or detach from the world and focus on the neshama. The reward, I don't know, but that's not our neshama, like we said, we didn't have to come down the world with it. The neshama was there already. Right? The neshama comes here in order to pick the person up. He's, in order to makadish the person. You're going to put it into more capitalistic terms. In order to makadish the world. To be made or whatever is in the world. And therefore, what's the reward going to be for? For the job you were given to do. And the job is to pick up the world. Therefore, it's amazing. There's no, there's no chachm in bimenatik from the shana. It started off in a higher place where it is now. And that, therefore, with that starting point, the major difference between the, how the philosopher understood and the chachm understood, you understand, bimenatik, what the reward's coming from, what are you doing? And therefore, in one line, the chachm answers both these questions. The first point is that reward comes from Aysim, not for thoughts. Not for thoughts. And number two, the reward from Aysim isn't, is we don't limit it to only Yidin. Every person gets rewarded for every mass he does. But it's not that if a person accepts the religion, then, then nothing else matters. No, of course that's important too, but every single mass a person does is rewarded or punished. Of course, we see the biggest table for the guys who are really close to Kodesh Baruch and this world, that's what he spoke about before. If we're going to understand the Erech, the level that a person's on um, after he dies, it depends on the level he was on here. Which means, just like, and this is what this, the whole Hakdama we saw in the last two shirim, with how the Chacham explains the concept of Olam Haba already in Olam Azeh. Hashem, whatever it's going to be. So we can already see here that w- w- how much a person, so to speak, is connected to Ruchnius. And if you're going to talk about what is Olam Haba going to be, we understand. And however, however far he was here, we understand that obviously in, in the terms of Ayurveda, it's going to be that much further also. But it's not something which is limited to what a philosopher thought, just thoughts, and it's not something which is limited to just one word, one, one idea, which is what the, the belief of the Christians is. On the contrary, the more a person dies and the further he is here, as a result, he may is going to get more reward also. And this is the side of Ayurveda, which only exists in Kaisra. And that is, Ayurveda isn't a one so to speak, stuff for everybody. Right? On the contrary. Olam Abba is levels and levels and levels and levels and levels, and each person deserves their level. It's not like, like you're in or you're out, that there's one, and the heaven's in is in the same place. Ikhlal not. 
On the contrary, every time Chazal tells about Adam Abba, they use different Lashonim spirits. But it's always the same idea. Adam Abba is the Matthias of a person's on the level that they really are, they really deserve, that they're meant to be at. And therefore, there are multiple levels, thousands of levels of Adam Abba, each person where he deserves. But once you're in, where, you are, where are you there? And then the Gemara says that there are different, there are seven Hechalos, and the seven Rukim, and Adamabo, or there are 300 levels of Adamabo, to have many, having many different Chazals you want, there are many examples of. And that's what you said, because it's not one thing which gets you there, it's the result of what a person did. And the more a person did, the further they're going to be. Let's not finish the line Gemara. The Gemara says that when Antoninus died, Rabbi Nasi said, Nisparad al the, the bundle has been untied. Why? He said, I'm never going to see Antoninus again. Which bundle? What, what does it mean? What Dafka Rebbe said about Antoninus. So but whether in the Gemara itself, whether Antoninus was Megai and not Megai. There's two different studies. He was the woman, obviously, was the woman says he wasn't. This Gemara is going to Manda Armour that said he wasn't Megai. He died a guy. Even though Antoninus was a righteous guy. Right, he helped. He definitely helped Rebbe and other Talmudim, and he battled all the gazerias which are bad for the Jewish people. So for sure, he was going to get some rewards. The um, Asi right? It seems like from the Gemara he was a Maimon as well. He believed in Hashem, right? But the Maimon, according to this one, the Gemara, he never, he, he never became a Jew. And if that's the case, the level he would get to is nowhere where Klal will get to. Says Rebbe, I'll never see him again. Here he's died, and I don't know many different planets. The Mephoshim say, Dafka, you're able to save Antoninus. Because the, the difference is too big. They would never be, they're not in the same planet anymore. Mashiach and Mutu, Samechachamim die, or whatever it is. So even if there's a difference, there'll be a different levels in Aynam but it's still within the same, so to speak, area of Aynam It's the same concept of Aynam therefore it would be possible to see them again. Could be. They're much further, they're also, they have some differences, but there would be a possibility sometimes to communicate or to interact there. Mashainkin, the Adam above for Jews and non-Jews is a completely different place. And if that's the case, he said, despite the Khabir, we've lost contact. So there is reward and the Khanami. Hashem doesn't deny anything that's fair reward. There's a Khazal that says in the Pasuk, to say that Hashem is fair. Who's going to say that Hashem is fair? Say Khazal, every single thing in the bread. No one will ever be able to stand up in the future and say Hashem wasn't fair. Everything was fair and everyone gets rewarded exactly for what they did. Except you understand the different levels of reward. And therefore, everyone gets rewarded to feed the level that they deserve. So.